When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is that a disturbingly long, skinny microphone in your hand, or are you just happy to see me? (laughs) Survey says it's both. Welcome to part two of the Great Pop Culture Debate episode dedicated to the best game show. I'm your host in Center Square, Eric Resniak, and I'm again joined by my panelists, Curtis Creekmore, Kevin Dillon, and Michael Schwartz. Did you skip part one of the episode where we went from the top 32 to the sweet 16? You are the weakest link. Goodbye. (laughs) Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts of a moderate quality and listen to it now. All set? Then grab the downloadable listener bracket from GreatPopCultureDebate.com and get ready to play along at home. So we're down to the Sweet 16, folks. We're going to jump right into what I think is a pretty tough call. Jeopardy, a one seed versus Newlywed Game, which advanced from round one. This was actually unanimous, although I do think that we need to give some respect to Newlywed Game. It was kind of a pioneer. It gave us some great moments. But it's up against fucking Jeopardy, which I think is kind of like the de facto show that people think about when they think about game shows. So does anyone here want to throw their weight behind Newlywed Game? Kevin. No, I'm firmly Jeopardy. Curtis. No, ma'am. Jeopardy. It is a juggernaut. It is a juggernaut. Michael. I worship at the altar of Alex Trebek. With mustache <laughs> or without? Either way works for me. With, please. With, please. <laughs> yeah, definitive with. I'll take extra mustache, please. So <laughs> the category is a spanking. All right. So next, it's Cash Cab versus Press Your Luck. And I think this may be a unanimous one. I, I think we mentioned in round one that many of us felt the Cash Cab. Lovely show. We all enjoy it. We all enjoy Ben, the host of it, for different reasons. But it was a very high seed. Press Your Luck is a two seed, so it's higher. And Press Your Luck is, in my estimation, one of the best shows on this list. And we'll talk about it more, I suspect, in round three, because I think this is unanimous. Michael, Press Your Luck versus Cash Cab. Oh, give me a whammy every time. Mm, You filthy whore. (laughs) Kevin? Oh, whammy me, baby. Yeah, and Curtis? I've already uh, memorized the board, so I know exactly when to hit the buzzer. (laughs) Very good. All right. So that's a unanimous for Press Your Luck. Next, it's Family Feud versus Legends of the Hidden Temple. And I'm going to have Kevin talk a little bit about Family Feud. Family Feud is one of my favorite game shows of all time. I think it is incredibly entertaining. I don't know that there are many game shows that have gone through as many hosts as that show has. I think it's like seven. So you've got Richard Dawson. I'm not doing this in order because that would be tough. Richard Dawson, Louis Anderson, um, Steve Harvey, Richard Kind, all these people who had varying levels of personality. I mean, Louis Anderson clearly <laughs> had no care. I was like, okay, the person's going up on the board and this and <laughs> And like, that's exactly how you do it. And you would still laugh and it would still be entertaining. And then you have Steve Harvey, who kind of has brought it back to what it was during the Richard Dawson days, where it was like an iconic show at all times. I mean, Steve Harvey has made this a next 
this iconic show popular again. Um, I know some people might like Steve might, might not like Steve Harvey, but he say what you will. He is a great game show host, in my opinion. He's so funny. Um, he's appropriate as opposed to Richard Dawson. He doesn't make people kiss him, which that is a problem with the show and fully recognize that. But, you know, even you've got these like celebrity matchups now at night that are really entertaining. It's just really a show that has stood the test of time. And how many people say survey says, or I surveyed a hundred men or I surveyed a hundred people and we want to know X, Y, and Z. And honestly, one of my favorite, we talked about this earlier moments from family feud was my bahal, Steve. Um, <laughs> that was going around the internet, like, whoa, this past year. And like, it is just the sexual innuendos are on point. It's a really fun game and you yell at them to be like, how did you not guess that answer? That it's an obvious answer, like things that are round and they don't get like ball, you know, like it's crazy, but it's a great, great, great game show. And again, lasted through seven hosts, some great, some bad, but still has stood the test of time. Yeah, um, I will chime in here. Well, first of all, is anyone going to vote for Legends of the Hidden Temple over Family Feud, Curtis? No, I I will go to my grave espousing my love for Legends of the Hidden Temple. I didn't say the words Olmec earlier. Like, what other show out there has a, God, a 25-foot-tall head that talks and is your host, or at least co-host, with the other guy whose name I can't remember right now? But I had a big crush on him. Like family on food. Olmec? Is- no! <laughs> oh my God. I thought that's what you meant. Kirk. Oh, it's right there. I can't remember. Sorry, Kirk, whatever your name is. You were sexy for a teenager. It's a great show, but Family Feud is a number one seed for a reason. It is a staple in game shows, and there's no way that I could vote against it. Michael, Legends of the Hidden Temple or Family Feud? Didn't go for Legends of the Hidden Temple the first time around, so I'm not going to bother this time either. All right. So it is unanimous for Family Feud. I will disagree with Kevin on the Steve Harvey thing. I think he is a pro at hosting a show. He's very effortless in it. However, we watch the celebrity versions, which are, as you said, often very entertaining. Um, And the RuPaul's Drag Race one I watched. Did you watch this one too, Kevin? I did. His gay panic dealing with any member of the RuPaul's Drag Race cast made me actually uncomfortable at a level that Richard Dawson at his creepiest and handsiest never did. I I don't disagree with you there. Like, I think Steve is a very good host in a lot of ways, but Steve needs to get his fucking shit together when it comes with the way that he navigates the gay community in particular, because he did the same shit with the Queer Eye episode, which was hilarious. We get it, Steve. You don't like gay people. Could you maybe stop? Because a lot of us do watch the show, and we don't need to be made to feel as though we're fucking disgusting just because of who we are. I don't appreciate that shit, and I'm going to call him out for it. And I think all gay people watching that show should also demand better from Steve Harvey because he can be better than that. He is a very good host in a lot of ways. And you're right. He has brought that show back to the heights that it was with Richard Dawson in terms of energy and kind of cultural cachet because 
all of the hosts in between, the many of them that you mentioned, never came close. And like Roy Combs was kind of the host when I was watching it Same. as like a, a kid. Um, Steve Harvey has brought it back to that cultural relevancy, but I need Steve Harvey to do better. And I need the people who manage Steve Harvey to make him do better because he can. Yes, I fully agree. So thank you. I'm off of my soapbox now. Um, Eric. Fa- yes. Fog. Kirk Fogg, I finally remember. Well, the internet remembered for you. Kirk Fogg. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. And I'm sure like there were probably people that were yelling at me. His name was Kirk Fogg. He was the very sexy host for a teenager in 1990-whatever. Now I'm desperate to look up Kirk Fogg's picture, and we will be posting all of the photos of the hosts <laughs> on our social media so that we can have thirst trap comments. So there you go. You can look forward to that on Instagram now. Curtis, just to put into perspective for you, he wasn't a teenager because he's 60 years old right now. Oh, please don't look at pictures of him. Please don't. <laughs> I I pulled up what is on legends.fandom.com and that is not the person that I remember having feelings in my between me down there's is when I was a child. <laughs> those, those were different times and you couldn't discriminate over what was... <laughs> getting you going so anyway family feud moves forward (laughs) (laughs) all right good job so next we have who wants to be a millionaire versus double dare uh and i will speak on who wants to be a millionaire first so kevin alluded to this in round one um when who wants to be a millionaire came out i'm gonna say and someone can fact check me on this it's probably 1998 1999 is that right yep yep so at that point there really wasn't such a thing as a nighttime game show they were strictly relegated relegated to you know lunchtime no shame in that game because i used to watch prices right during the day during college religiously but um this was a cultural moment. I distinctly remember Entertainment Weekly, like the cover story was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I believe when it launched, it was a five-night event. Every night was this show, and millions of people were watching it. It was a huge deal. Kevin mentioned they raised the jackpot to $1 million for a quiz show that was unheard of. It had a great format. I know Curtis doesn't care for Redis. Redis was a great host for this. He was perfect. He was kind of your grandfather. He was not smug or condescending, but he was still a little bit stern. Um, the lifelines and the the 50-50 and all those little elements. This was such a smart show format. And it 100% gave us the rebirth of the nighttime prestige game show. Yep. Um, you cannot dismiss its importance if you look at the history of game shows in America. And real quick sidebar, Nothing, I think, really pre-1950 is on this list. Maybe Password is the oldest game and name that tune. Hmm. So we're ignoring a huge chunk of game shows because in the dawn of TV, game shows are one of the major staples of it. But no one taking this poll has any reference for that. Um, You can't deny who wants to be a millionaire's cultural importance in this particular genre. I just don't think you can. That said, I'm going to throw it to Michael because I think in terms of kids game shows, Double Dare was almost equally important. Right. It Double Dare is okay, it, it, it Nickelodeon, the first television network that was dedicated specifically to kids. You know, I grew up on in the early part of Nickelodeon watching You Can't Do That on Television and a lot of other yes. stuff. Yes. And uh the Tomorrow People, which was my sci-fi geek side. But then you get they get they bring you Double Dare, which is this 
you know, we're going to ask you some questions and then we're going to make you do some really disgusting things to win some money here or to do some fun stuff. You know, it was it was such a great show and it was the first real game show that was ge- geared towards kids. And while I love who wants to be a millionaire, you know, and I will say that it did help respark mainstream game shows and everything like that. Some of us managed to get through the dry years with the game show network. You know, there was such a thing at a time where you could watch game shows all the time on its own dedicated channel, but double dare, I think it held holds a very unique thing. It literally is on this entire list the only kids specific game show that we have on here that is geared towards and focused on. And then you get spin-offs like, you know, there's a family double dare, you know, that brings everybody together kind of stuff. Even though we talked about that with Amazing Race with a family episode that was horrible, here's a show that actually brought families together to do things where you could watch, you know, kids forcing their dad to do some really embarrassing stuff on national television. Which I'm all for. Humiliate your parents, kids. Absolutely. And to fact check the amount of episodes for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, there have been over 1,900. So, I mean, the show is still on and is still a legacy show. Double Dare lasted how long? A while. It was from 86 to 93, and then it rebooted in 2000, and then again in 2018 and 2019. And for those of us growing up with this, it gave us Mark Summers. Sure. You know, Mark Summers eventually would go on and do shows on the Food Network and such, but he was like, we later learned that he has like severe ADHD, and that's what made him so hyper. But he had this energy that really inspired a lot of kids to, you know, to get active, to do something, to want to come on the show. And without Double Dare, you eventually don't get the ones that you kids on the panel really wanted, which was it led to Legends of the Hidden Temple. So I want to jump in really quickly and say a couple things. Number one, you said that Double Dare was the only kid specific. Well, you just answered your own question that Legends is also kid specific, but I'm not going to argue with that because I think it is super important that there are kid specific game shows on this list because growing up as a kid in the 90s, like they were so important to the network, to Nickelodeon, to what we were able to see. Um, also, yes, thank you for ch- fact-checking me, Kevin. You're I welcome. think what, what I saw on Wikipedia did not include this indication. It was only the part that was on ABC. So there were like 300 and some odd episodes that were only on there. And then when it went to syndication, for some reason, it didn't include those numbers. So I realized that I look like an idiot in episode one. And thank you, everyone who yelled at your computer slash radio slash phone for telling me that I'm stupid. I heard it, actually. It just it came right <laughs> through. But also... I, I think I'm on the side of Double Dare here. I think I come down on Double Dare's side. But in 1999, when Millionaire came out, a million dollars was life-changing. Yes, absolutely. It, like, I remember as a kid thinking, that's so much money. That would change my family's life. Yep. And yet, I still vote for Double Dare because of what it has done for game shows in 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 general but also for children's game shows because i think without double dare you don't have things like um i can't even remember the name of it with guts, uh, guts yes and then also the one where you had to guess what that kid could do and four panelists summer sanders someone help me do you know i don't what I'm- know uh, I, I know what show you're talking about, and I, 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 I can't. Is it called? What do you do? Is that the name of it? 
But that was actually a remake of like a 1950s game show. That really? Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was an old game show that they revived. But without Double Dare, you wouldn't have Finders Keepers. Without Double Dare, you wouldn't have Nick Arcade. Without mm-hmm. Double Dare, you wouldn't have a whole run. But without Guys. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you wouldn't have Deal or No Deal. You wouldn't right. have <laughs> it. You wouldn't have The Weakest right. Link. You wouldn't have any of those shows. Also, when did Double Dare inspire an Oscar-winning movie for Best Picture? Correct. And who wants to be a millionaire, dude? And who wants to be a millionaire? I'm looking up the data right now for the year 1999 to 2000. Who wants to be a millionaire was the number one, two, three top rated television show of the entire year with Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday having 18.6 million viewers, 17.5 million viewers, and 17.1 million viewers over ER, Friends, Frasier, Monday Night Football, and 60 Minutes. Like, I'm sorry, for me, I just can't choose Double Dare. I just can't. Like, who and I will understand that, but I'm going to just throw out there, you're also comparing current network TV versus fledgling cable network television, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you, sure. can't com- you can't compare ratings numbers from a, like, mid- uh, uh, from an but 80s that's never network. happened before. That's never happened for a game show before. That's the only game show to do that. That literally is the only game show, regardless of network or syndication. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is the only game show to be that show. She's Giovanna. She is that bitch. It's 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 curious, and I think like you can make really strong, and I think we have made very strong arguments for both of these shows, um, and they're both very important. Uh, Double Dare for me, and I would love to see like a primetime Double Dare. Seriously, mm-hmm. that would bring great. it back. Put it on ABC. See what happens. Like, put or it screw like, the networks now. Put it on Netflix. That's where right. It is. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Like, I would love to see that. Um, but that said, if you brought Who Wants to Be a Millionaire back right now, and you did the five night a week, you put a big host on there, and you raised the the prize to maybe ten million dollars. I think you'd it would be just the juggernaut now than it was then. I think we are yep. actually ripe for that type of a show to make a comeback and be gigantic in America right now in, with what we're going through. And you could probably film that in a fucking pandemic. Yeah, I will say the same thing because Double Dare, you do that. You make it, it – it's not about the money. It's about what the fun that people are having. You're going to have that same nostalgic feeling for people during the time of COVID. People are looking for nostalgia. I don't think you would need to raise a lot of money to do that show and people would be behind it. Look at the success of Supermarket Sweep like reruns on Netflix right now. You put Double Dare on there. You create a new show about it and you are going to have people from our generation, Eric, as well as – like. Curtis and Kevin's generation that are going to tune in for that. And their kids. Yeah. I mean, you, you make a very good point, but I need to put it to a vote. Michael, it sounds like you're down with double dare. I'm double dare. Curtis. <sighs> um, <laughs> it was called figure it out, by the way, that was the name of the episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Double dare. I got to do it. I got to do it. And Kevin Thank and you, I Curtis. are both on team millionaire. Correct. Yep. Double Dare is actually a higher seed. It's it a is. two seed and a millionaire is a three seed. So that means Double Dare goes to the next round and I can hear the people shrieking. And I want you to know that Michael's uh, Instagram handle is at Therex139. <laughs> all the comments. is at Kurtich. So there you go. You so listen, welcome. no, if y'all care, if y'all mad about this, vote in the polls. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? Well, Vandy was better. What, what were you going to say, Michael? 
No, I mean, it's the same. I was going to say vote. That's the important thing because, you know, and I want to say thank you to Curtis. This makes up for how mean you were for me to in part one. <laughs> well, I took the mean spot this round. Well, wait until you get a load of me. All right. Next, we have $10,000 Pyramid versus Hollywood Squares. And uh, I can't believe that I'm arguing Pyramid here, but you go first, Michael. Oh, my God. Hollywood Squares. Who doesn't want to be the center square? Yes. You know, I, I like literally it, we were talking about this during match game too about like how having certain people on the show really like made them iconic. And I think Hollywood Squares does that for Paul Lynn, does that for Charles Nelson Riley. I think Betty, Betty White was a center square at one point on the show too. Like Joan this, Rivers, Whoopi Goldberg. Joan Rivers was the center square. Whoopi was. Phyllis Diller was a center square. You know, this was an iconic place to be. If you, anybody who was anybody wanted to be the center square on Hollywood Squares. And it, it's it's fun like match game too where it's not necessarily especially when you get to match game pm where they get a little bit more racy with it you know hollywood squares you get to be a little bit racy too with some of the answers that you put up there for for people to to do and it's a game show you have nine celebrities making an ass of themselves on national television up there and it's a lot of fun and it's just classic tic-tac-toe yeah I literally can't believe that I'm sitting here and arguing against Hollywood Squares right now. But um, and don't. I, <laughs> I will say this. So in preparation for this, I was doing my research and I was like, I don't even like remember watching Pyramid. So I went and I looked up because you can find, again, a bunch of these old episodes on YouTube. Yep. And I was watching the old Pyramid episodes and God damn it, that's great television. And like they had some really good guest stars on there. And we watched like a MASH versus uh, Bob, Ted and Alice. I- I'm missing a name in there. Bob and Carol um, and Ted and Ted. Nellis. Yeah. And so um, we were watching that episode and it was like Loretta Swit was killing the game. Like, <laughs> it, it was it was really entertaining to watch. And there was like this super sharp nurse. And I was just like, yes, I hope you went on to be incredibly successful in your life. Um, but it, it's it is a very good show. But is it Hollywood Squares? No, ma'am, it is not. So, uh, Curtis, where are you voting? This was the the matchup that I cared the least about, honestly, like. I think you have any feelings. Oh, yes, I have plenty of feelings. Thank you. I just <laughs> don't care about this matchup. I don't like I thought $10,000 pyramid did not deserve to be a one seed. It didn't I agree with that. There were so many other things. Fuck. I would have put win, loser, draw at a one seed over $10,000 pyramid. If you're just saying like, what's the one seed on this bracket? Um, I, I don't care. I watched both. Both are fine. So my vote is technically up for grabs. And right now it's swinging toward Hollywood Squares. Kevin? I want to help and add to your Hollywood Squares love. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg as the center square was beyond entertaining because she gives that like, I don't care energy that she used to kind of have on The View. But it's both that and it's like really fun and engaging. Like she actually did that. You got to see her, Bruce Valange, Caroline Ray, like all these like kind of like... I don't want to say mediocre comedians because they're like not mediocre because in this format, they really work. And then, I mean, Paul Lind, Paul Lind deserves to be on a game show that advances in this show. I mean, it is really good. And Tom Bergeron was a really, really great banter host. He, that is a lane that he's really good at. And I think for Hollywood squares, he really worked. He has that like cheesy, 
energy that you need for a show like that. You all already convinced me by basically saying that Match Game became Hollywood Squares. So that's where my vote goes. Yeah, and I I can't even argue it. So Hollywood Squares advances to the next round. It's uh, Wheel of Fortune versus Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. And I think this is going to be unanimous for Wheel, but I do want Curtis to speak about Wheel for a second. If you were to name, if you were to ask anybody to name their top three, give it the top three game shows of all time. I don't know where within the top three Wheel of Fortune is going to land, but I can guarantee you that in, I would say, 90% of the population, at least of the United States, Wheel of Fortune is going to be one of the na- the names that they name. Like it is so every man, every man can play it as long as you can read, which I hope becomes everybody that lives in this country. As long as you can read, you can play. I think Pat Sajak does a really great job and he's still at it, right? It's 2020. Yeah, he is still at, still at it. He, he is going strong. And Vanna White, I don't think she was the original letter turner. No, but and Pat was not the original host. Uh, I I don't doubt it because this game is so old, but it's so easy to play. It's interesting. It's fun. I think they've added a couple of things in the last couple of years with like the, the toss up rounds taking from Jeopardy, which we'll get to a little bit later. Like it's a great game show and I love Carmen Sandiego. It was something that is so nostalgic for me. A friend of mine and Kevin, we worked with someone who was actually on the show, kind of going back to what Michael was talking about with Wipeout. We actually worked with someone who was on Carmen Sandiego as a kid. But at the end of the day, Wheel of Fortune is just a better show. All right. So, uh, Michael, are you going to go with Carmen or Wheel of Fortune? I'm going to go with Wheel of Fortune and I'm going to save my arguments about it for the next round. All right. And Kevin? Uh, Wheel of Fortune. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, I wasn't voting for Carmen in the first round. I definitely think Wheel of Fortune needs to move on to Elite Eight over Carmen. No disrespect. Teach the children geography. Do not end up like (laughs) I did. You can't pick out fucking countries on a map. It's pathetic. All right. Moving on. This one is going to kill me. I'm going to say it straight up. Price is right versus match game. This is awful. Um, It's crazy to me that match game is a four seed. Price is Right is a one seed for a very good reason. Kevin, take Price is Right. Uh, you know, uh, there's a, uh, so I will say I eventually don't have it advancing, but Price is Right is, is a great show. It is the, the game show for, oh my God, probably over 30 years that for, for me dominated daytime. It Like watching Bob Barker, that is how you host a show. Like he is and was so he his delivery and everything and that he did was so simple and he was just so great and you have plinko and you have the yodeler and then you know you're guessing prices of items and that wheel that you spin that i, I want to spin it because for some people it looks really easy and for some it looks really hard and i'm like how heavy is this wheel um, <laughs> i don't know i want to know and then when you get to the final showcase showdown and you're like you idiot you think that's worth you're definitely over. Come on. And I love the pettiness. I love the pettiness at the beginning when someone's like, I'll bet 500, Bob. And then someone's like, I'll bet 501, Bob. Oh, it's so good. It's delicious. It's perfect. perfect. Like, oh my God. And I'll, I'll save my cons for it eventually. But like, the Bob Barker years are just spectacular. And it, for many of those years, I think it 
won the daytime Emmys for best game show, like over and over again. And there is a reason. Um, and, and Bob Barker is a legend and that show is great. And I mean, spokes models that don't talk just like Wheel of Fortune is kind of hilarious. Um, and you, you used to know their names. Like that was the thing. Like you used to know, like one of them was Janice and like there were personalities to them and you really did kind of get to know them. And like, you know, watching people run down the aisle. Like there's so many elements to this show that are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Price is Right actually is my personal pick to win this whole goddamn bracket. So it's crazy that I'm arguing against it right now, but I am going to argue for match game because again, this is a like, you're picking your stuff. Match game, I probably stumbled upon, I don't know, early 2000s, late 1990s. It would have been through Game Show Network because it was not on TV when I was growing up. It was not one of the ones that I remember them showing like in the mornings before school or after school. Uh, and before Game Show Network, you wouldn't be able to find it. It maybe aired on Comedy Central late at night. But I definitely stumbled into it when I was a teen. And Brett Summer. Charles Nelson Riley mm-hmm. and Richard Dawson, like mm-hmm. those are wit inspirations for me. We're going to get to Paul Lind later, but like those three to me, God damn it. They were razor sharp. They were drunk like 90% of the time, <laughs> but they were so good. It was effortless like it didn't feel like they were filming a show it felt like they were just hanging out having some booze smoking some ciggies and just like ripping each other to shreds it was basically a kiki without a brunch is what it was and it was so like who cared about the people playing the game that was totally irrelevant but match game was about like and none of them are huge stars i mean you had betty white and stuff like occasionally you get some like TV show stars in there that you cared about, but it was really about like the background players who were the stars of this show and they were fucking great. Um, so for me, I had to speak on that because it was a hugely important show for me personally. And I do think that the reboot with Alec Baldwin in the head of it right now on ABC is solid, but I do wish that that panel upped their game. Um, mm. You guys mentioned Joel McHale. He's sometimes a panelist on that. He's very good. A lot of the other ones, I want a lot more from. I, I, I like. I'll watch it and be like, "You, you're funnier than this." Like yeah. Amy Sedaris is on there, and she's like a recurring person. Amy Sedaris is funnier than she is on that show, and I don't know what's going on. But um, it's it's solid. It's uh not at all tarnishing the image of classic match game, but it's not where I need it to be. Um, that said, I'm gonna put it to a vote. Michael, match game or Price is Right. I chose my intro to the program for a reason. It's got to be Price is Right. Curtis. The fact that Brett Summers hasn't been done as a Snatch Game performer yep. yet oh my is God. shocking. Shocking. However, the Price is Right is the Price is Right. Like there, That is unfortunately not an argument. It, the Price is Right is the winner. I agree. I I think we have to go there. All right. Finally, for the Sweet 16 round, let's make a deal versus Supermarket Sweep. I believe this is another unanimous. Uh, Is anyone voting for Let's Make a Deal? Kevin. Uh, Supermarket Sweep all the way. Michael. Supermarket Sweep. I'm also Supermarket Sweep. Do you want, Curtis, to make your argument for Supermarket Sweep or do you want to make it or you don't want it to wait to price till it's up against Price is Right? I'm going to wait until you have to watch me or at least listen to me cut my own heart out. I hope everybody enjoys it. I will. I will. 
And on that note, we're going to take a real quick break and we're going to be right back so that you can listen to Curtis commit seppuku. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Curtis, did you know we have some of the best Patreons around? I didn't. Tell me about them. We do. We have amazing supporters. And uh, frankly, they get some amazing stuff back. Like, for instance, if you're a Patreon supporter, you get access to episodes an entire day early, which means you can yell at me on social media 24 hours before everybody else. I do that anyway. You do. It's true. What about all of the warmups that we do together? Yeah, so for just about every single episode we record, we have these exclusive warm-ups. You can only listen to them on Patreon, and we cover stuff that you're not going to cover in the rest of the show. Like, for instance, in this one, Curtis, you talked about your auditioning for game shows in the past, and I talked about a really embarrassing bowling story. Yes, and everybody should definitely become a Patreon subscriber just to hear that story. It's not that funny, but it's okay. I'll take it. Um, On top of that, you also get exclusive Patreon-only episodes that you're not going to hear otherwise. We have some mini-sodes that, like, uh, Best Crayola Color is going to be a Patreon exclusive. We have a couple others coming up for Season 2 that I'm really excited about. And you're only going to get them if you're a Patreon supporter. So please head over to patreon.com backslash debate and support us today. Welcome back to part two of the great pop culture debate episode devoted to the best TV game show. We are going to continue with the elite eight rounds, and this is where it gets really tough, folks. It is one seed Jeopardy versus two seed Press Your Luck, and I'm going to go around the horn and need people to tell me their votes before we start the arguments. Michael, where are you here? Oh, this one hurts so hard because these are literally like these are my in my top five, both of them. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I'm going to have to go with the classic Jeopardy, though. Okay, Curtis? I feel like (laughs) ready for that seppuku because, oh my God. You know what? I'm going to vote for Press Your Luck because I know it's not moving forward, but come back to me because I want to talk about it. I will do so. Kevin? Absolutely Jeopardy. Yeah. So I'm also going to vote for Jeopardy here, but uh, Curtis, why don't you go ahead and argue Press Your Luck and I will jump in with a couple of my points. Go for it. Big bucks, big bucks, no whammies, no whammies, and stop! Like, you know that. You know what that is, because that game was so amazing. I was maybe eight watching TV, and we didn't have nothing. We had less than nothing. But I watched that show, and I thought, that is so fun. It was an ama- like it, it meant nothing. It was people pressing a buzzer and then occasionally answering questions. And then there was a, an amazing person who was able to like memorize the way that this seemingly random box moved around other boxes and gamed the system. Like what other game show has happened even since that point where someone was able to game the system and win tens of thousands, if I don't even know if maybe hundreds of thousands with all of the different like trips and vacations and everything that he won. It was just such a good show. And even in 2020, and yes, it's made a resurgence. It's not as good as it used to be. But 
everybody knows if you say, ah, whammy, like they used it in Anchorman. It's permeated pop culture, is an amazing show. I love Jeopardy. I have auditioned for Jeopardy many times and never made it on, but I love Jeopardy. But I would be absolutely remiss if I did not go down to the floor and have someone push my head into the ground with me saying that Press Your Luck is an amazing show. So I do not deny it in any way that Press Your Luck is an amazing show. And I actually will argue with you. I think the reboot on ABC with Elizabeth Banks is awesome. We were watching it. Uh, it's on primetime. And we were we watch it regularly we, we, through Hulu because we don't watch actual regular TV because it's 2020. Um, what am I poor? Um, but uh it is gripping. Like, I don't know what they've done, but like, you cannot turn away from it. You are completely invested in this show. And one thing about that's really smart about this game, first of all, the whammy animations work for kids and adults. When you're a kid, you think the whammies are amazing. As an adult, you're just like, those little shits. Like, it's great. Um, but the aspect of this game that I did not appreciate as a child watching it with my mom drinking Sprite before I went to school... <laughs> that I appreciate now as an adult is the ability to fuck people over so hard by <laughs> passing your spins to them, uh, which yeah. they must take. There is an element of strategy to that game that I don't, I can't think of with any other game show on this list right now where you can really, you are fucking them over, but if they get it right, you are fucking yourself. Like it is diabolical mm. and it is so entertaining. The way it also is now, by the way, if they're in their bonus rounds, if they hit 500 K in prizes, it automatically becomes a million. And wow. one person that wow. I've watched this season got within spitting distance and it was incredible television. I'm not kidding. Like if you haven't watched it, please do. It's great. Here's the detriment to press your luck. And I'm going to get in trouble for this. Many people can't name the name of the show. They right. call it whammy. whammy or no whammies. They like literally, if you say press your luck, they're like, which one is that? But you say whammy and they get it. And there was an ill-fated reboot of it called mm -hmm. whammy that mm -hmm. sucked. So for that reason, and also because Jeopardy is Jeopardy, <laughs> Jeopardy has to move on. Yes. But I think if I'm given a, a list of 10 shows to pick uh, to watch and Press Your Luck is on that one, I'm probably going to watch Press Your Luck because, my God, it is great television. Press it's Your Luck deserved the one seed over $10,000 Pyramid, I think. I, I think a couple of the shows that were lower down could have, but certainly Press Your Luck could be one of them. So with that, we are moving along Jeopardy to the final four, which I think is absolutely accurate next it's family feud versus double dare and again i'm gonna go around the horn kevin which one for you family feud curtis not even a question this is family feud and michael I, i'm only struggling for about 30 seconds with this because of the impassioned double dare um fence that i gave last round but it's definitely got to be family feud yeah, uh, survey says it's Family Feud for me, and um, I, it is malleable in a way that many of the other shows haven't, in that I don't think Family Feud's ever been off the air that I can think of, um, and it is constantly tweaking its format enough to make it still relevant. One thing I noticed while watching the celebrity versions hosted by Steve Harvey are the surveys have gotten a lot more, um, what's the word I'm looking, colloquial, like the results. Some of them are borderline, like, uh, filthy. And you never would have gotten that even 10 years ago. And so I appreciate that it is continuing to make itself relevant as it's 
audience changes. So Family Feud advances. Next, it's Hollywood Squares versus Wheel of Fortune. Curtis, you go first. I think, again, like the $10,000 pyramid and Hollywood Squares battle was neck and neck because I didn't care. Wheel of Fortune is a staple in game show. So that obviously is going to move forward for me. Michael? It is definitely Wheel of Fortune because you know, growing up, the power hour was 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on ABC where you would watch Jeopardy and then right into Wheel of Fortune. And I loved I loved the early Wheel of Fortune where they would get their money and then they'd have to go spend it in the showcase. Yes, and then the Dalmatian. To, they, I was just going to say the Dalmatian. You have to buy that Dalmatian. And it's like that was that was kind of the best of it. And you just even think about it. Hollywood Squares was great and it's a cultural – cultural place in our history but wheel of fortune is still on you know it you know it's been going and going and going and it never stops and pat sajak and vanna white are like literally there is no other pairing on television that is still working together when you have Mm -hmm. it like that Mm -hmm. so it is wheel of fortune pat has stepped away several times in the past and they always bring him back because people want pat and vanna but he never stepped away for long. He might have taken a, a short break, but he was always the primary host. Everybody else would be a guest host since he took over. It's always been about him. I believe there were contract disputes in the 90s where he did walk away for a while. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he stepped, he stepped away for a really long time. When he did a nighttime talk show, too, he stepped away during that. Uh, he left 1989. That was right. I'm just checking that. Kevin, where are you coming down here? I uh, so I'm going to vote for Hollywood Squares because it needs a little bit of love, and I I'm ready. I don't like Pat Sajak. I don't. I don't like him. There's something about him where he he is a good host, and I'm not. It's just not for me. And I have always been entertained by Hollywood Squares. I know it's not going to advance, and I'm not really going to argue much for it. I did in the last round, but Hollywood Squares is a show that I'd love to be brought back now and I think is much more fun. So I will vote for wheel, but I will actually agree with Kevin that if you look at all the like a class show hosts, I think Sajak is the weakest of them. I think Vanna is the heart of wheel of fortune. hundred percent. And like, that's fascinating to me because Vanna really like, what does Vanna do? Right. She doesn't even turn the letters anymore. She just stands there. But God damn it, she's so good at it. And like, she is a legend. Th- that's star power. Because I don't even think she really spoke for a good chunk of the 80s, right? She only right. started to really banter with Pat, like, once Vanna became a thing. Right. And that's the best part. Her her book was Vanna Speaks. Yep. <laughs> her biography that was, her, that was her autobiography in 87. Vanna Speaks. What were you saying, Kevin? I said her autobiography is incredible. They even say that in The Golden Girls. It's a hell of a book. Like, it's so good. Now I want to read it. Like, honestly, I had no interest before now. But if The Golden Girls are recommending it, then I'm in. Yeah, Dorothy says that you need to read that. And Frederick Douglass's... No. um, uh, Come on. We'll come back to it. So uh, I think, like, Pat, there is a smarminess to Pat that I think... Exactly. In the 70s and 80s, when you were coming from the 
uh, Wink Martindale's and the Chuck Woolery's and the yep. Richard Dawson's that I don't think works in the, the 2000s. I think there is now an earnestness that you that you need. Um, but um Vanna is the heart of that show and it is a great concept like that wheel fucking works and it's exciting and you it's entertaining watching people have like $35,000 and hitting that bank up spot and you just laugh and laugh and laugh. Um, but I want to say this for Hollywood squares. Um, Paul Lind as the center square, again, like hugely influential for me personally, Paul Lind was one of the first people on TV who was never really in the closet. Like, he was an, as, like he was as open as a gay man as you could be, and like he was not shy about it. That was really kind of an amazing, like the fact that that existed in the seventies yeah. is really incredible. And it, the show had life way after him. You had, you know, Joan Rivers as a center square who was amazing. Whoopi, as we mentioned, like weirdly Shadow Stevens is like one of those ones that I always remember, even though like who the fuck is Shadow Stevens? It was a great home. Like um, it just works. But in terms of like that versus Wheel of Fortune, it's no contest. I mean, it's got to be Wheel of Fortune. And finally, we have Price is Right versus Supermarket Sweep. And this is the one where Curtis will die inside. So, Curtis, where are you going? First, I want to apologize to all Golden Girls fans. It's Thomas Paine's common sense. Is Thomas Paine's common sense. <laughs> that is That is correct. So I do apologize. God, this is the most... I. This is the most difficult one for me. Supermarket Sweep is the great equalizer in game shows. Literally everybody has to do grocery shopping. Except maybe like Lucille Bluth, who thinks that a banana costs $10. (laughs) Maybe she was an executive producer and they were giving, you know, who knows? I don't know. Everybody could play Supermarket Sweep. It's even more fun to act like you were playing the next time you went to the grocery store. It was so easy to watch that show and get swept up in the show. I can't remember how many times I sat there just yelling at the TV that you were going down the wrong lane. Like, why are you throwing all of those hams into your cart? It's it's the turkeys, like, or or the cheeses or whatever. Like it was so easy to get into the show. And like, especially that final part where everybody's running throughout the grocery store. I cannot tell you how many times I sat on three-way calls with my best friends watching that television show. It just, there's, it's a nostalgic show for me. We even had inside jokes that I still remember like almost 20 years later, one of the many games that they used to play was like, a hangman style fill in the blank, but also jumble type thing. And there was this one episode where one woman rang in and she hesitated for a couple seconds. And then with this tone of frustration and like a little bit of resignation, she said, pudding cup. And <laughs> I don't know why, but that was the most hilarious thing we had ever heard. And then we went for the next, as long as we had spoken Like, I'm literally going to text my friends later today, just Puddin' Cup. And they will know exactly what it was that we were talking about. Like Puddin' Cup for season 14. (laughs) I mean, if it's not me, I hope it's somebody else. How many shows on this list do you still remember the theme song? Or do you still remember the tagline? 
Like there are a couple, there are definitely a couple, but supermarket sweep is one of those. Remember the next time you're at the checkout counter and you hear the beep, that you can have on supermarket Supermarket sweep like it's it's ingrained in us because it was such a great show but at the end of the day it has to be the price is right like my heart is on the table i have fully removed it from myself the price is right is the better game show it is everything that you want from a 2 p.m I'm going to force feed this baby these SpaghettiOs and have to watch something on TV. P.S. That happened to me. That's why I'm moving forward. The price is right. Um, You made the point that supermarket sweep is the great equalizer because everybody has to go to the supermarket. But the same argument can be made for prices right. Everybody has to know most of those. I mean, once you get to the luxury items, no. But like... How much is this can of Campbell's Chunky Soup? Like, you need to know that to play Prices Right. Um, I'm going to go to Michael, or you come down here. I mean, I, 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 it's nice that Curtis has found his heart and that he <laughs> actually, you know, used it, used it for the powers of good today. Um, but yeah, it is, it is um, the Price is Right. That is the iconic thing. You know, the, the Drew Carey era aside – you know, Bob oh, no, we have to include it because it's part of the legacy. Yep. I'm not, I'm not arguing do. it, but it's like it's like it is when you think price is right, you automatically think Bob Barker. That is the first that is the first thing people will think about is the Bob Barker error of the price is right. And, you know, standing up there with that skinny microphone and all of the other things that that, that go along with it. But the price is right is quintessential game show. And, you know, there are many things that today that have been taken of that show that you know there have been versions of their own game shows that are like plinko that that get their own game shows that are based around just that game or like the big wheel everybody somebody i think curtis was talking about before about wanting to pull on that big wheel because it was easy for some and not so easy for others kevin kevin likes to pull on things yes i do especially things that are hard for others (laughs) (laughs) curtis does too we know that but um, it's like the price is right. Is the, just that quintessential thing. And, you know, how many extra pets would be out there in America today? If Bob Barker didn't remind us to spay and neuter our pets. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Kevin. I will switch to price is right. And I will save my argument for the Drew Carey era for later. Interesting. Um, uh, because I also have very intense thoughts on that. I love supermarket sweep and I am living for the fact that is of the old school episodes are on Netflix because we literally do watch them during dinner and it's, it's still as hilarious and um, exciting as it was back in the nineties and a uh, sidebar, like my brothers all worked for the IGA in the small town we grew up on. They would not hire me. They would not hire me. I was the only <laughs> member of the family they would not hire. And I was so jealous because when it eventually closed down, not that I had anything to do with that, <laughs> um chatty my youngest brother who listens to this podcast hi chad um he got the big inflatable ragu and i always wanted an inflatable like like they had in supermarket suite and he still has it in his apartment so Aww. right like but it was awesome. only worth a hundred dollars <laughs> it was never worth that much and i think that's a sin um but that said it, it is 100 prices right so we are now down to our final four everybody and i believe that this is the correct final four i always like take a step back yeah i actually agree too. jeopardy versus family feud 
Wheel of Fortune versus Price is Right. First matchup, I'm going to throw it to Kevin, Jeopardy or Family Feud? Hands down Jeopardy, easily. Okay. Curtis? Jeopardy, absolutely. Michael? Jeopardy. Yes, and I agree with that. Um, I enjoy Family Feud, but to me, if I want to spend time with a bunch of families who are not that funny, not that smart, or not that interesting, I'd hang out with my own. Um, <laughs> again, apologies to Chad. Hi, Chad. Hi, Chad. Hey, girl. I'm the only one who listens to this. Um, and that brings us to Wheel of Fortune versus The Price is Right. I'm going to give it to Michael first. Wheel of Fortune. Really? Okay. Yes, I'm going with this is my this is my power hour to do Jeopardy versus the Wheel of Fortune in my in the final two. Okay. I'm gonna go to Curtis. Price is right. Hands down. Kevin. I'm also gonna go price is right. And and I am too. And but you bring up an interesting point, Michael Schwartz, which is like we had this was daytime versus nighttime show, and you were going with the one that is arguably more prestigious wheel but in terms of what i think of as iconic like to me i don't know why price of right price is right is not on prime time every week i would watch it every week it was at one point right they did have an evening show they do have specials i know that for a fact like i i'm big survivor fan so i recently rewatched you can find on youtube the survivor special the prime time survivor special uh price is right michael i know you're a survivor fan too you should watch it it's hilarious it's very funny um but uh they should have prices right on on the nights i would fully watch it every night at dinner time um i think it is the quintessential show so a final two of jeopardy versus the prices right again a nighttime show versus a daytime show i'm first going to throw it to curtis and really it comes down to like this is not a contest for me because jeopardy is king it is the game show jeopardy is the thing that made me feel okay being the smart kid in school. Like I was bullied. They started calling me Wayne the brain because Wayne is my middle name in the fourth grade. That's before they started calling me faggot, which was a little bit later on, but they got there. Um, Fifth grade. Fifth grade. (laughs) I, it was a, you know, it was a nice year. I would watch Jeopardy every night that I possibly could because it, it made me feel smart. It made me feel like being smart was okay. And even today, Alex Trebek is still a mega star. And I really, really hope that he is able to like have a good life with the rest of what he's got, considering he has pancreatic, pancreas cancer. Um, right? Is that correct? Pancreatic. Pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Yes. Which is, I think, the most deadly cancer of all of them, I, I yep. believe. It it's is. extremely deadly. There's, yes. It's pretty so, tough. I wish him all the best. I love you. Thank you for everything that you've done. Um, but it's Jeopardy for me. Kevin. Uh, Jeopardy, hands down. You have celebrity Jeopardy. You have college Jeopardy. You have young kids playing Jeopardy. You um, have Tournament of Champions. You have that new format that they did within the last couple of years where they had previous all-time faves come back and play on teams with one another. Alex Trebek, in my opinion, is hands down the best game show host of all time. And if we were talking about Jeopardy versus the Bob Barker Price is Right. I 
say this would be tough. I don't think Drew, I know Eric might disagree on this. I don't think Drew Carey is a good game show host. He doesn't work for me. I stopped watching The Price is Right when Drew Carey started. I gave him several chances. It just didn't work for me. It was a different energy that I didn't buy. And I think Jeopardy is the best game show of all time. So I I do want to respond to that. But first, I want to go to Michael for his opinion. Is it Jeopardy or Price is Right? Um, I think I said this earlier that I worship at the the altar of Alex Trebek. He has been a constant in my life since he took over the since he started the show in the 80s and everything i he is like to me you just he is the epitome of like the gentleman game show host Uh he is kind to everybody i granted he's canadian but (laughs) he's just like he's kind to all he does there's no there's no quips with the contestants there's always something encouraging that he has to say and i hate I hate to say it. I actually get a little misty when I think about the fact that he has pancreatic cancer and that he's yeah. he's like he's beating it better than anybody else has, and I'm so grateful for that. He is. The, he's fighting it. The fact that we may lose him at some point, I actually start to cheer up a little bit. My boyfriend would laugh at the fact that I don't cry it very much, but this is something that just tears up very quickly for me. Alex is the epitome of the game show host that Kevin just said. I and I'm very excited that they made an announcement that they will like be. Re- turning soon with new episodes in the COVID that they found a way to like to record these safely for everybody that's involved and seeing Alex back on the screen will just like bring a certain amount of like joy and love to my heart. Um, Thank you for that. That was really beautiful. So um, I'm actually very torn here. I want to respond first to what Kevin said. Um, I don't think that Drew Carey is a good host at all. I actually, I, I don't understand why he has not been replaced yet. Oh, okay, Again, good. Oh, whew. yeah. <laughs> I, I watch the celebrity, like the nighttime specials. I don't think that Drew is a good fit for this program in any way, shape or form. He seems bored. He seems disinterested. There's an energy of this whole thing is beneath him that yep. you never got from Bob Barker. And Bob Barker had been doing that for like, 40 years before he retired. Drew Carey's been doing it for a decade, maybe, maybe 15 years. God, but really? I don't know how. Yeah, I, I, oh, I someone look that up while I'm talking. Uh, but I don't think he's good as a host. I think he's he's weak and you could easily replace him with any one of like dozens of people. And I think you'd have a stronger show. I think the price is right as a show can withstand even a mediocre host like Drew, because it's a, it's such an exciting show. I, one of my dreams as a human being is to be in the studio audience for Price is Right and get called and to be bouncing out of my tube top as I like, <laughs> run down to take my place at the podium. And I don't even think I'd be good at it because apparently like when I play along at home, I'm shit at guessing the numbers. But it's so exciting and there's variety and the colors and the excitement. Like it is a great show but here's where i have my issue because jeopardy is the caviar of game shows it is you have to be smart there's an elitism to jeopardy right mm-hmm. like i can remember this is no joke i remember when it came back with alex Trebek as a host in the 1980s i remember watching that with my grandfather like i have a memory of this like the night it came back and it was a big deal because it was a, a game show back in like the 60s and maybe even the 50s. I don't know. But um, 
Alex had been hosting a bunch of other shows at this point. This was like his big moment, right? And we were watching it as a family. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was like, I don't know, eight maybe. Um, but there was still like Jeopardy is a show that you can watch and enjoy, but to truly like be invested in it, you got to be smart. Whereas Price is Right is the democ the like the democratic game show. It is easily accessible for everybody. Um, and so that's where I have a little bit of an issue is do we go for the elitist game show or do we go for the game show that's accessible to everyone? And I don't think there's a wrong answer, but I did want to bring it up because from a classist point of view, you could make an argument that Jeopardy is an elitist show, but it's still uh, the show that I'm going to watch, like I would watch both of them. I, I have to say, I, I can't really make a decision there, but I don't have to because you all three have made it for me. So <laughs> unless anyone is going to change their vote right now, it's three to one Jeopardy, right? Yes. yes. Okay. You you almost got me. You almost got me on the the classism because I, I don't is... I don't think it is classist though because everyone watches it. You know what I mean? Like I even if they know the answers or not. I, I I don't think I see your point, but I think Jeopardy speaks to everyone in in the simplicity of its format. You know what I mean? And you, you even if you don't know the answer, you guess. Like you have fun with it. Like for crying out loud, the nanny did an episode where Fran Drescher went on Jeopardy, and like she she gets on. So it kind of shows you like the fun that the goal that it is for everyone to get on Jeopardy because they want to, they want to prove that they're smart. They want to say I was on Jeopardy to say I'm smart. Um, and that's an, a goal and an accomplishment. And you just made me think cheers has a storyline yep. in which Cliff ends the up Clayton. on Jeopardy. Yep. The and golden girls does too. He has the great, like the, the great Cliff Clayman thing is that it was like, what do these three people have in common? And his answer is they were never in my kitchen, which is technically correct. Yes. <laughs> um, the Simpsons has an episode where Marge goes on Jeopardy and the great punchline to it is she ends in negative money. And like at the end of the show, Alex comes with a bat with nails like, okay, Marge, time to pay up. <laughs> <laughs> and then we didn't even touch on celebrity jeopardy on snl with the fucking oh god sean, oh my connery, god. Yes. sean connery bits like you, you're right so like even if we take it away from the question of the best game show which one has the greatest pop culture cachet jeopardy jeopardy easily. absolutely so i thank you i i feel better about that so i think we have an, a winner here right we, we do. do i All do right. i do want to say the alpine man the yodeling yes. show. Yep. Cliffhanger? Like, the cliffhanger. cliffhanger. That's the name of it. That, you know what? I, I said it. Jeopardy still wins. Okay. Yep. I, right. just, I had to put it out there. So that is our final answer. We think the best game show of all time is Jeopardy. What do you think? Let us know on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or via smoke signal sent by the top of the $10,000 pyramid. To my panelists, I want to say thank you for joining me. And your consolation prize is my friendship. It is worth exactly $0. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you to, thank you to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please head to our website, thegreatpopculturedebate.com, and check out our other episodes we've recorded and polls open for your votes now. Subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice. Leave a review and a rating. Follow us on Twitter, Insta, Facebook, or consider supporting us on Patreon. And please remember to spay and neuter your pets. Have a good night, everybody.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.